Hi, it's uh, Manuel Giudice here and welcome to episode number 14. This is season 2 of the podcast Living a Change Initiative. Today I want to talk about the idea that perception equals reality. And why, why is that relevant? That Why does it even you know, come into place when it comes, when we're talking about business change? My, um, I want to share a bit of a context with you and my personal, uh, professional experience with business change um, over the last seven and a half years has, has kind of allowed me to have different perspectives about what business change means, uh, how that gets rolled out across different projects, different industries, and what does a good look like, what does success look like. And what I found it over time is that um, there is a, there's a lot of players, there's a lot of um, professionals and individuals and partners within a, uh, any, any organization that would they play a pivotal role in actually making that change work, making a change stick versus not, versus not adopting it. So um, I, I talked a length, I use a lot of different examples in other, in other anecdotes in other episodes, but um, I'm referring to both technology implementations, um, so ERP implementations, uh, software as a service implementations, um, Salesforce.com, for example, but also system upgrades, data center migrations. There's a lot of things that do happen, and usually there are functions within any organization, the PMO and delivery function that actually perform those tasks um, and, and, and kind of roll out those plans that design the solution to bring it into the business, bring life into that. And there is a, there's a lot of different literature also that assesses from a research-based perspective what actually goes wrong, where things break down in an organization, why projects don't deliver on time, why the solution doesn't fit our requirements, and, and why people don't get it, why don't they utilize it, why they are not on board, why they're not proficient utilizing it. So um, I really want to offer a different, awfully fresher perspective on this and a little uh, kind of a new added, an anecdote from my personal story. Over the last three and a half, almost four years now, I've been involved in improvised comedy. <laughs> this is something that I always wanted to do. And for those of you that are new to the concept, it's a bit like theater. And when you go and watch the theater play, with the difference that the actors on stage have no script, they haven't prepared for one. And the, the story that will be weaved um, on stage for the audience is completely made up on the spot by the actors. So this seems quite daunting, and it actually is very daunting and intimidating uh, above all when you, when you begin it. But then the story actually uh, uh, is, it kind of became, becomes a narrative as a result of suggestions made by the audience. And these are kind of shorter, they can be shorter performances between 20 minutes, even like five minutes, 20, one hour uh, for kind of more um, like kind of professional improvisers. But um, by, by, I'm by far by being a, a professional one. <laughs> but I've really, the uh, I have, I've had over the last few years, over 440 years, for 440 hours of training. Uh, around improvised comedy and the reason why I'm bringing up this this personal personal anecdote is that what that really helped me do is uh, because once you're on stage you also have to um, um, impersonate you basically need to embody the character of a person that you are um, you're not like uh, you could be a plumber one day or a president or a CEO or, or an IT person, an IT consultant, and it always changes, or a shopper, or a person that is un unemployed. So the, the, there is a very strong element of unpredictability. And, but the, the key point is that over time, what I realized that 
every time that um, myself and my colleagues that were involved in the acting world, we really had to be forced to assume a, a person, a different person's perspective, a very different view and take on things, right? And and initially, uh, you would uh, you would seem that intellectual is quite easy, right? You know, how would a plumber think, or how would a person be act or our president reason through certain processes but actually uh, that over time actually forced me to and also made me realize how difficult it is to think as if you were someone else or, or in someone else's shoes let's say like occupying someone else's profession why, why does that matter right i don't want to bore you with the details of this but when you look at business change and my personal involvement has been in managing uh, also centrally managing programs of change and change leadership initiatives and a lot of this um, one of the key objectives to add your business on board and the way you do that is by having a very strong and compelling change and engagement strategy you have different touch points uh, you know you communicate with a business impacted area you drive home key messages and benefits and what it means for you and the type of support that we provide for you but actually um, where do things go wrong is at three different levels and there are different levels actually there's more than three but I can for, for the sake of simplicity my direct experience of where change projects fail operationally is actually we fail to take the perspective of key um, of these three key players and we assume that they will think and operate the way that we do and it's hardly ever the case so these three groups are number one is the uh, leadership coalition or the, the sponsorship. Now, sponsors and, and, and professionals, they're very successful. Uh, they've they spent years with the organization or in a different organization but before being promoted and or hired by the, by the company. And they're very resilient. They've really worked hard to get to where they are and they're responsible for, uh, you know, achieving results. They're highly driven. And... Um, and they they are very very well motivated by success. They're different people. We don't want to generalize, but I'm just kind of simplifying for the sake of you know sharing a view on, or driving a point home here. But senior leaders have a very fast pace. They are motivated by results. They're extremely intellectually sharp, and they are there for a reason. Uh, most of them, and and they. Um, they can get the job done and the, the pace is fast they can collaborate they're excellent networking skills and they are able to develop strong coalition relationship at the leadership level then and that's one perspective um i understand that it's far more complex and complicated than that because you can have senior leaders uh, scatterers across different different countries different functional areas of business units but for, for the sake of simplification that's that's kind of you know the, the first micro category the second category is your change team these are the professionals that are involved into the design uh, the definition so the definition the design the development and the rollout implementation of your change these are the people that will make magic happen and oftentimes they're behind the scenes these are the business analysts the developers the lead developers the system architects the project and program managers the directors the communication specialists the trainers the it consultants these are the people that your executive sponsors these are the the, the product owners scrum masters uh, these are the people that actually create the product they design it they create a plan they they establish a system of control over it and they go and implement it and hold people account to make it happen their perspective 
is very much different from a from a senior leadership uh, business oriented financially driven perspective this uh, these are the senior leaders views sometimes there's a political text as well so we need to bring that into consideration but when we come down a level which is the change and the delivery of the change the perspective in that in that team are completely different we are oftentimes there are consultants that are brought in uh, from external organizations sometimes our internal project managers and pmo teams and the view that that these groups have um, is basically very target oriented but in a way it's not necessarily business oriented but it's is 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 geared towards delivering specific technology technical deliverables a behavior has to define define an old process capture it and define a new process you know and map the changes map out the changes and agree what the steps of the new process are going to be look are going to be like a project manager has to have a plan and a roadmap a change manager has to have a change and engagement plan um so and and so on and so forth so on your change the perspective is very much delivery based and people uh, just focus on the little on the kind of particular area of expertise to, to drive their change now the and this is one perspective and the reason why I'm sharing that is that you can only motivate influence people uh, by by talking to them in a way that leverages their point of view and their perspective and in a way they will understand it and can bear with me on this one. The third group of stakeholders is the impacted business area. These are your change networks. These are the people in the business, two, three, five, fifty thousand people that will have to adopt the change, the system, the technology, whichever piece of innovation is being rolled out. They need to adopt it, they need to utilize it, and they need to do it proficiently, be on board with it and be supportive towards it. Now, their perspective is also very different. They just want to crack on and get on with their job the job. They want to have KPIs they can achieve and they want to make sure that you know, they still get on they have a healthy team environment they get on with their colleagues I'm obviously I'm over I'm oversimplifying oversimplifying it for the sake of uh, you know micro categorizing the, the different stakeholder groups and perspectives so bear with me with this I'm fully aware that a sales a sales driven organization uh, or a sales department is very different the way they operate and the way they achieve KPIs from a finance or an IT department. So, but I'm simplifying in terms of if you look at the um, impacted business areas, which is the third group that I called out here, their perspective, their view is very different. It's very operational. They need to you know, uh, meet objectives, and these are KPIs oriented. If you think about a sales organization, and if you're thinking about finance organization, you have to be able to produce reports in a timely manner with a high level of accuracy, and and give appropriate and and a consistently uh, accurate advice to senior leaders, product managers, salespeople. Right. So um, the perspective of so the, the business audiences that are impacted by the change is very different. Now here are the three groups. We have the senior leaders. They have very very, very strongly vested interest, at least the sponsor. And then there is a guiding coalition that hopefully is on the same page. And their perspective is very business and financial oriented. Then you have a change team that's very delivery oriented. And, 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 and delivery oriented doesn't mean that they want to deliver the big picture. It actually means that they want to deliver the specific piece of the puzzle. And sometimes that isn't sufficient either because the, the component itself is not valuable, but it's the overall business outcome that has the biggest value. And the third stakeholder group is that the people need to utilize the products that have been created by the change team. 
Now, why does this matter? Because from my view and, and direct, it's not, this is not just my view, but this is really clear observations on the ground. Both I've had the fortune to work both on an operational level, but more strategic, consultative level, and on a coaching and training role most recently. What you actually notice and find is that um, uh, things go wrong because people fail to adopt. So when they say communication doesn't work in our team, it's because people fail to adopt the other team's perspective. And this is a massive. This is this is a massive problem. It's a really great. It's a really big challenge because your ability of your team to be aligned with, with regards to purpose, with regards to what the vision is, with regards to what that means. Your vision means operationally, and with regards to what are the concrete benefits for the organization as well as the people on the ground. The the alignment of purpose and clarity in communication is actually what most successful organizations are able to do. And there is a lot of different ways to do that, but I really want to bring awareness into the fact that no project fails by chance. <laughs> no, there, there is, I don't believe there is anything that happens by chance in any a successful project implementation. It's a very closely, sometimes organizations are not aware that this is happening, but successful teams have that in common. They are able to articulate very clearly what the business case is about and what the regret looks like and articulate very clearly to the change team that is developing the technology but for them to understand what's the business outcome so what's the dashboard what what is the model what is the prototype right how does that look like so everyone has a very strong clarity about what the technology will do what are the fields that will show us how so how how, how what efficiency are we going to reach people processes that currently take three months that would take a week now, this is a very simple way to communicate and everyone will understand it across the board with the change team, an executive team, or a, a person that is impacted by the change. And the most successful teams actually are able to integrate the perspectives because ultimately, and I'm kind of citing someone else from here, perception equals reality. And we act upon what we believe is right, what we believe is right for us, for our own personal perspective. So uh, I think this is particularly important. It's also this is also actionable in size and all fairy tale because uh, this will drive a communication plan. This will drive your corporate communication. What channels you use when you go and communicate and engage your business? Do you use videos? Do you do um, town halls, telepresence? Do you send letters? Do you meet people face to face? Once their perceptions are not aligned. Um, then there will not be fluidity between the three areas, the three groups that are driving and leading your change. And it's very less likely that you will be successful in delivering your results. It will be very uncertain and very difficult to deliver a solution that's fit for purpose on time and on budget, but also having your business on board if they're not really sure about, um, because they get confused by every single interaction, they have a different answers for it. So I hope you kind of I hope you drove the passion around it, and 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 the, the clarity that um, people will want to support your initiative, but they need to be clear about uh, and all exactly on the same page about what is the underlying value of it.